Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It's 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It is... Uh, a mini merger Monday so far. We got a couple of uh, deals. Pfizer going to buy Anacor Pharmaceuticals. Uh, they are uh, spending $5.2 billion to do that. And a couple of uh, exploration and production companies in the oil space getting together. Range Resources is going to buy Memorial Resources. That's a $3.3 billion stock deal. They're also assuming $1.1 billion in debt. So the total value of the deal, $4.4 billion. New York Times reporting Warren Buffett and Dan Gilbert, the founder of Quicken Loans, teaming up in a bid for Yahoo. They've made it to the second round of bidding. Um, Mr. Buffett's conglomerate, Berkshire Hathaway, going to provide financing like it did. Uh, you remember when they teamed with the 3G Capital to take over H.J. Hines and Kraft. He's going to leave the negotiations and the, the deal with Yahoo to Mr. Gilbert. Let's check in with Michael Barr now. Get the latest world and national headlines. Michael? Mike, thank you very much. Presumptive Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump says it does not look like he's going to have a very good relationship with British Prime Minister David Cameron. Trump's comments were broadcast today on ITV's Good Morning Britain. Trump is still unhappy with Cameron's criticism of him after Trump's call for all Muslims to be temporarily banned from entering the U.S. In the interview, Trump also called London's new mayor, Sadiq Khan, rude for calling him ignorant. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders are gearing up for tomorrow's primaries in Kentucky and Oregon. Clinton and Sanders campaigned in the Bluegrass State yesterday. Turkish shelling and airstrikes by the U.S.-led military coalition have killed 27 Islamic State militants in Syria. The U.S., Japan, and South Korea will hold their first joint military exercises aimed at tracking North Korean missiles. All three nations will send destroyers to participate in the drills in waters off Hawaii in late June. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. Now, Michael Barr, Mike. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Land Rover Parsippany Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashen. Thanks, Mike. The Yankees were struggling but have seemingly corrected some problems with a 7-3 and homestand. The Mets, meanwhile, were winning and then went 4-7 and on the road. They've gone from first place down to third. They got swept at Colorado, losing 4-3. to Mets had a 3-1 lead, but Carlos Gonzalez homered in the sixth inning. Ryan Rayburn won it in the seventh for the Rockies with a pinch hit, two-run shot. Yanks got home runs from Brian McCann and Carlos Beltran. Beat the White Sox 7-5 for Beltran's career home run. Number 400. NBA playoffs, Toronto followed the same script as round one. Losing games one, four, and six, but winning games two, three, five, and seven. Raptors pulled away from Miami. They won the fourth quarter 30 to 11. They won game seven, 116 to 89. It'll be much tougher in the East Finals against Cleveland. Phil Jackson criticized for not considering someone other than Kurt Rambis will speak with ex-Pacers coach Frank Vogel about coaching the Knicks. Game one of the NHL's West Finals to St. Louis, 2-1 over San Jose. Jason Day, wire-to-wire win at the Players' Championship. Third win this year for the world number one. They finished 15 under par and won by four shots. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Center, I'm John Stitch. Yeah, we don't think enough about golf. 
and uh, how nice it would be to be a professional golfer and play in nice weather, which we have not had here in the Northeast this spring so far. We're seeing a little green on the screen, though. S&P futures up by a point right now. Dow futures up by three. NASDAQ futures up by six as we get ready for the first day of trading on this week. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with uh, Tom Keene. Oil, the story of the day in the markets. Brent crude 48.80 up 2%. Uh, West Texas 47.16 up 2% as well. Closing in on $50. Haven't been there since November. We will keep an eye on it, of course, and keep you informed of every significant move. But now we're going to turn to Bob Moon and the NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Bob? Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A Boston hospital confirms a story first reported by the New York Times today that a cancer patient has received the first penis transplant in the United States. Massachusetts General Hospital says today that a 64-year-old patient from Halifax, Massachusetts, received the transplant of an organ from a deceased donor in a 15-hour procedure last week. The Times reports it's part of a program that ultimately aims to help combat veterans. A gene editing tool known as CRISPR has become the must-have technology in genetic engineering. And Biogen has let it be known that it's in early discussions with companies to get its own access to the technology. Biogen's head of cell and gene therapy says CRISPR is clearly a must-have to gain greater expertise in gene therapy. And the company is talking about potential deals with some companies that have CRISPR tools. He didn't specify the nature or scope of the potential deals or the companies in the discussions. The appeal of CRISPR is its low cost and ease of use in slicing out flawed portions of DNA or even replacing them with useful strands. Drug makers including Novartis, Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Johnson & Johnson, and Bayer already have struck deals with CRISPR companies. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. All right, thank you very much, Bob Moon. Well, it's uh, deadline day for companies to file their 13 Fs. Uh, what did they buy in the most recent quarter? Berkshire, apparently buying Apple, uh, 98 one million shares in Apple, according to their 13F, uh, no longer shows any uh, stakes in uh, AT&T. So we'll continue to follow uh, the release of the 13Fs as the day goes on. Berkshire Hathaway out with theirs, and uh, if they have any more uh, interesting Investments, we will pass those along. I mentioned oil prices a second ago, and the reason I did that is because uh, we're going now to Thomas McDonald of Jaguar Growth Partners. He's a managing partner there. They uh, specifically invest in Latin America and front and center in Latin America today. Venezuela, where the president has declared a state of emergency and has ordered the seizure of factories that have stopped production and the jailing of their owners. That came after a company that produces beer stopped producing beer because they couldn't get any hops because the government prohibited it. So leaving aside the uh, inanity of that all, uh, Thomas, uh, we were talking earlier today with P.K. Verliger uh, from P.K. Verliger Associates, and he said one of the things that's really affecting the oil market these days is the collapse of Venezuelan production. What is going on with that country? Are, are we about to see them uh, implode, uh, default? I don't know what they have out there, but uh, what's the risk from Venezuela right now? 
Well, thanks, uh, Michael. Very good to speak to you again. Um, Venezuela, unfortunately, has continued uh, now for over the past 15 years a path uh, with with very um, difficult solutions required to, to, for them to turn things around. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the state of emergency that was declared today is an extension of a state of emergency put in place a couple of months ago, which, you know, certainly according to some people in Venezuela is by definition illegal. Uh, what it's doing is giving the, company, the country and the government the ability to expropriate and uh, really take measures into their own hands. Not good, certainly from a social perspective. The economy is in ruins and has been for years. I think uh, their, you know, trading partners in the rel relative recent past have been uh, Cuba and China. U.S. exposure is, is very limited and has become less so certainly over the last 15 years with the beginning of, of Hugo Chavez and continuation of, of the now President Maduro. So it's, it's, um, it's uneasy uh, territory absolutely for Venezuela. It's really Venezuela is, I would say, uh, in many ways very different now and kind of the, the outcast and, and outlier of what's happening in the rest of Latin America, which is, of course, good news for everybody. Um, including Colombia, certainly, that benefited from really a brain drain from Venezuela as it related to folks working in the uh, oil and gas industries. They moved over, beginning, and again, the early 2000s of Colombia, uh, political stability yeah. in the rest of the region, and um, unclear, really, what's going to happen in Venezuela, but certainly not good situation today. we got to take a break in just a minute, but uh, very quickly, suppose Maduro leaves... Would you invest in uh, a new Venezuelan government? Well, we would need for not only Maduro to leave, but to understand uh, who comes in. In the case specifically of Venezuela, again, unfortunately for them, they have not been able to organize a, a concentrated opposition, and as a result, have not been able to lay out uh, appropriate reforms, plans, and institute uh, a, a, a platform that, that you can get your arms around. We would need not only for Maduro to leave, but also for a solid opposition to be in place with a very clear path to resolving some major issues that are, are need to be fixed in order for Venezuela okay. to get back on its feet. Well, let's come back with uh, Thomas McDonald from Jaguar Growth uh, Partners. Uh, no change in the Venezuelan government yet, but certainly a lot of change in other Latin American governments in Argentina and in Brazil. Absolutely. Venezuela, the news over the weekend, it was just grim. No other way to paint it. Euro yen, 123.30, churning this morning. On Venezuela, stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by NYCB. Ask about their My Community Interest Checking with free New York Community Bank online and mobile banking. Earn more, get more. Visit mynycb.com for details. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway disclosing his stake in Apple. Berkshire held a 9.81 million shares of the iPhone maker as of March 31st, according to a regulatory filing. The holding was valued at more than $1 billion at the end of the first quarter. And Apple shares are up 2.2% this morning. Pfizer agreed to acquire Anacor Pharmaceuticals in a transaction valued at about $5.2 billion to gain control of an experimental treatment for a skin condition known as eczema. Anacor is up 54% this morning. Range Resources, a Texas-based natural gas producer, agreeing to buy Memorial Resource Development in a $3.3 billion all-stock deal. And Gannett escalating its hostile takeover for Tribune Publishing, raising its all-cash offer for the owner of the Chicago Tribune and Los Angeles Times to about $864 million in Tribune up 22% this morning. S&P E-mini futures up 2.5 points. Dow E-mini futures up 14. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 11. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.71%. NYMEX crude oil up 2.2% or $1 to 47.21 a barrel. COMEX gold up 8 tenths percent or $10.50 to 12.83.20 an ounce. The euro $1.13.17. The yen 108.94. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. And Karen, uh, thanks so much. As you for Dennis Gartman say many times there's something comforting about stuff if you drop it and you drop it on your foot it hurts you thomas mcdonald is with jaguar growth partners looking at latin america and he does this through the prism of his previous employment a few years ago with annexter they make stuff that if you drop it on your foot it hurts thomas mcdonald can south america generate a manufacturing economy and critically, is it the first symbol that in the next five years or ten years they can stay not within but generate that economy out to a global export juggernaut? Michael, thanks. Uh, very good question. Very funny. I, I haven't heard Annixter described that way before, but um, I'm sure my friends got a chuckle out of that. Um, well, I think the answer the answer is yes, long term. However. Uh, important things have to happen in, in advance of that kind of manufacturing base getting established and providing not only export, but also, I would say, as importantly, uh, manufacturing for local consumption, which we can talk about. Um, in the case, for example, today of, of Brazil and, and, and Argentina, mm-hmm. interesting corollaries. I'd say Argentina is, is probably six months ahead. They had the, the land, the historic election of Macri, which was a great, uh, you know, historical milestone. And yet what really matters is what happens yeah. after that. Uh, well, I agree with that. But, but the basic idea is it's a north-south axis. And granted, commodities had a lot to push against that and help South America look out and broader. From where you sit, is there a generational change for South America I guess to look north, but far more importantly, to look east and west and up to the left and up to the right. Generational change, yes. However, significant reforms have to take place, historic reforms that have been needed since the Peronist era in in Argentina and certainly over the last 20 to 30 years in Brazil, specifically Social Security, fiscal and labor reforms need to be need to be uh, need to occur. 
And frankly, the best time for these events to occur is today. Uh, when things are going well, heavy, uh, painful reforms are never enacted. And yet you've got political momentum, political support. Uh, the question is, how will society react? The impact of the early reforms, the tariff uh, eliminations and pricing subsidy eliminations that have occurred in Argentina over the last three or four months are being felt by people who are now paying for electricity, paying for water effectively, and inflation is up 20 to 30 percent. The expectation is that that's going to taper off over the next couple months, but that's a heavy burden for the society and the consumption class to bear. And in order for the, the, the broader reforms to take place and get momentum, you need to get over this hump. Brazil is in the first inning. Dilma's uh, ouster is, is a necessary and historic milestone. That's great. What really matters is what Temer is able to do over the right. next really three to six months, which can happen while Dilma is, is working through her defense. Early signals, again, literally since the vote took place Thursday morning, we were in uh, Sao Paulo last week. It was very interesting. It was historic, but, but, but that's, that's really noise. What has to happen is uh, the ministers that have been put in place, Enrique Mireyes, the finance minister, very good signal. He, over the weekend, announced uh, really nominal stability of fiscal expenditures in the short term. That's slightly better than expected. They've got to work on Social Security reform, again, labor and fiscal reform. And if we see things happen in the next two to four or five months, that bodes very well for the near, medium, and certainly long term for Brazil. Your, your point about the export uh, opportunity is very important. No question about it. However, mm -hmm. what really matters for these countries, and you've already seen it in Mexico, to bring it further north, when we began investing in Mexico in the late 90s, early 2000s, the majority of the manufacturing there was export-based. It was first to the U.S. and then elsewhere. China came in, lower labor costs, uh, and that, that took away some of the, 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 the uh, manufacturing activity from Mexico. The good news for Mexico, the middle class grew, and now the manufacturing is roughly 50-50 domestic consumption and export. That's a healthier business model right, right, for right. any of these countries. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take time, but that's, I think, what they really want to strive for. Is and, and certainly the numbers in the case of Brazil, 10 million families have come into the middle class over the last 10 million years. That's 40 million people, 20% yeah. of the population, who before never bought yeah. a house, never bought a car, never bought white goods, never had any consumer finance. Those are drivers yeah. of the economy that are really longer term more important. And Thomas McDonald with us with Jaguar Growth Products, uh, uh, partners rather. Michael? One, a question I was asked this morning uh, by somebody, and uh, you're going to be better positioned to answer this than I am, is how important are the Olympics to Brazil given the change in government and given uh, all the concerns about uh, pollution and the Zika virus? Well, th those are the pollution, Zika virus, absolutely are issues that uh, are, are headwinds for this Olympics. I, I, and it, I think it's, it's really unfortunate that uh, I don't think the Olympics are going to be a significant event for Brazil. Uh, they should have been, they could have been, and this will be go down, I think, in history as a real lost opportunity for Brazil. The real beneficiaries, uh, long-term, medium-term, will be the residents of Rio because despite uh, poor spending, poor management. There, there will be things, are things being done to the physical infrastructure and physical plant of the city of Rio 
that otherwise would have never been done that will benefit. And at the, at the end of the day, that's really it. I think Brazil is a, com- a country, the people are fantastic, they'll be great hosts. Um, they'll manage this, I think, despite certainly the political turmoil, but, but it will not register, I don't think, anything significant, uh, unfortunately. And again, I think for, for Rio, Rio and Brazil, lost opportunity. What about the northern uh, parts of uh, South America? Um, you know, your your Colombias and uh, countries like that. Um, they get kind of lost in the in the story because there's so much going on uh, down with Argentina and Brazil and of course uh, Venezuela. Yes, well, they, they they are they're kind of under the radar um, for. I think for many folks, we we really uh, think highly of the Andean region generally, which really encompasses Colombia, Peru, and then uh, to to some extent Chile. Although Chile is a much more developed uh, and as a result much more efficient, much more expensive market. But if you combine really uh, Colombia, Peru, and Chile, you've got population similar to that of Mexico. Uh, more, much more so than that of Argentina. You, if, in our world, we think about it as a region, though. None of the none of the cities or countries on our own are large enough, and yet, historically, very stable growth, relatively political, relative political stability. In the case of Colombia, um, the, the the drain brain that they experienced, the the brain drain, sorry, they experienced in the in the 80s, which was really driven by concerns about security, has flipped. And what you see now over the last probably eight or so years oh. is an influx of really talented people, not only, as I mentioned before, Venezuela as it related specifically to the oil and gas sector, but really from the U.S. and Europe that were educated mm. and worked up here, have great skills, experience coming back because of loyalty and, and patriotic reasons, really. Right. And so a really very, very well-educated uh, not only uh, executive class, but also in the government. Now, thank you so much. Thomas uh, McDonald with his Jaguar Growth Partners with an update there. Mike, I was just not transfixed is not the right word, the horror. And, and that's, the, that's the right word for the medical and health conditions in Venezuela. Yeah, you wonder in what times, international yeah. group is going to help. Well, there's nothing you can do. They, they won't let well, anybody in, so uh, yeah. unfortunately... But it is there. Somehow we'll be talking about that. Venezuela is going to have to address. More. We'll call upon some of our good guests on uh, Latin America here in the coming uh, days. Futures up three. Dow futures up 11. Uh, The yield curve, well, there was curve flattening earlier. It's actually turned around a little bit, 1.72% on the 10-year. The two-year, 0.77%. Michael McKee and Tom Keene on your Monday, Bloomberg Surveillance. 